for being with us. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Morning, church. Morning, guys. So good to be with you guys um, this morning. Uh, really excited to, to come up here. Um, Cubs and I enjoy spending time with you. Uh, and it's the first Sunday of the year, so I, I suppose it's not too late to say Happy New Year. And uh, I hope your, all your Christmases were, were truly, truly great. I know that sometimes at the beginning of the year, we, we can be a little bit cliche about going new year, new season, new goals, new resolutions. But I think to, to take a step back, maybe some of us aren't in that, in that space. You know, maybe some of us look at it and go, I just needed a break. You know, the stuff that I, I had to do in 2018, I still have to do now, but I needed a bit of a breather. I know I was in that, in that little environment. Um, before I, I carry on, a couple of disclaimers. One, on the 31st of, of December, New Year's Eve, I caught the cold. So I went as stubborn as I was. My wife was like, you need to rest. So I was like, no, I want to go to the party. So I got antibiotics and I went to the party. And uh, it was bad. The first, New Year, first of January, I was just slouching around, man flu all over the place. But what I did do on, on that evening, I'm, I made a promise to a friend that I would ride a bike with them. Um, I haven't ridden a bike since like year 2000. So, so he says, no, come, we'll do a little bit of a trail. There's a lot of us. There's about 20 of us. I said, no problem. So I get to Mount Edgecombe uh, two days ago. It was, yeah, Friday. And it was a 40K. <laughs> so three hours later, I get home, and I think I'm going to sleep. And 10 minutes into my sleep, I just cramp up all over here. So I'm trying to stretch. So if I happen to just buckle on stage today, please, please forgive me. It's not because I have weak knees. It's just because I, I made a promise to a friend that I was going to ride a 40K. And, and my ego got the better of me because there were these 50-year-olds going, oh, you're right, brother. It's like, I'm fine. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it, it was good to, to, to go and start the year a little bit afresh. And really good to, to be with you guys. Um, yeah, and I think it's quite interesting what, what Nats was saying about everything that's, that's happened in 2018 uh, to date. You know, if you look at it from a, from a negative point of view, 2018 from a business point of view was probably the worst year for business. In, in the last four months of the year, 100,000 people lost their jobs. 100,000 people lost their jobs. In the first 18 days of December, I think the, they recorded about 800 people lost their lives on our roads. So it, it, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's hectic. And, and, you know, I was going to speak about Kiara's story, but I think Nats has done that so that you guys are aware about it. But... But that's, that's a magnificent miracle that's happening right there. You know, there was a lot of significant stuff that had happened there. And I'm not saying that it's all doom and gloom, and, and, and we're aware of that. You know, so for some of us, 2018 was a great year, and, and, and that's awesome, and we want to celebrate that for you. A lot of people um, had babies, new projects, new businesses, new children, 
and, and, and that's significant. And, and we want to we wanna be part of that. But I think as we step into, into this season of, of Giants Must Fall, something that really touched me is I, I feel like we're sitting with two people in, in the congregation. The, the top, there's, a, there's a person here that needs to sort of lean in and say, well, God, what do you want me to do this year? What do you want me to, to do this year? And the second type of pe- person is, is the type of person that wants just to shout out to God and say, I need your help. So I, wanted, I want to talk to, to the, those two people in the way that, that we, we're going to attack it. So are, are you with me? So for me, 2018, I don't know, like at the end of December, I was sort of like on, on autopilot. I was just like there at work, but not really there. Yeah, I was sort of clicking on emails, checking, trying to do a few, you know, meetings there and there. By the 18th of December, all my clients were like, let's pick it up in the new year. Let's pick it up in the new year. And, and my wife, Cabs, who's a car here in Belito, she was busy. Up, up, right up until the 22nd of, of December, she was busy. So I was twiddling thumbs. Then the worst thing that could have ever happen to me happened. My Xbox died. Dead. Not, do not resurrect. So I started learning how to cook. So my wife got home to more dinners and, and so forth. But I sensed that what I needed to do come the end of, of, of December was not necessarily just to go, I finished everything that I needed to do. I probably just needed to just say, I need a break. I need a pause. I need to just get out of my little situation right now and maybe step back with a fresh perspective. And the reason why this is so important is because 2019 is going to be quite a significant year for all of us. For starters, it's the election year, so there's going to be a lot of promises that are going to be made. The political parties are going to have one key slogan that they're going to use. We are the only political party that fill in the banks. 2019 is also the year of the Cricket World Cup and the Rugby World Cup. So there's a sense of optimism already that the box are going to be beaten by Japan or the Proteas are chokers, you know. It's January and we're already going, oh, you know. For some of us, it's, it's, it does bring in a new season. There's kids whose results that have just come out from, from uh, high school. So 2019 is going to bring first-year varsity. It's a new season for your kids. Some are starting kindergarten, preschool, primary school, high school. For some of us, there might be an opportunity to do a new job, to step into something that's new. Some of us are probably just going into the old stuff, but we need a, a new and fresh perspective. What I want us to do this morning is I want us to lean into the atmosphere of newness. I want us to lean in. I love what God does when he brings in a new season is he really invigorates us. He goes, well, it doesn't mean that the things of the past are just going to fade away. It just means that you might have a new perspective towards them. So my encouragement is wherever you are, whether you finish 2018 and you finished everything that you needed to do. That's fantastic. If you finished 2018 and you finished everything that you needed to do in 2018, that's awesome. But if you like me and, 20, and the 31st of December came last year and there was stuff that I needed to do that I just haven't done, but I needed just to step out of them, 
I'm asking you to lean in, just as I'm about to lean in, to the newness of this year. Because I believe that God wants to do something new in us. And maybe what we left in 2018 is really behind us. But maybe there's a breakthrough that God wants to show us this year. It could be anything. It could be your financial situation. It could be your job situation. It could be just opportunity. So what we are saying is that within the newness of the season, let's put God first. In the new, this new season allows us to refocus. We are, we've already established that it's going to be a busy year, so why don't we go seek him first through all things. Seek his kingdom first through all things. Let us invite him in. And maybe you're sitting there going, well, how do I invite God into this new season? Well, ask him. Ask yourself, what do you want God to do in your life this year? What would you like to do this year? You know, I, I, there was this old Nissan advert that I used to love. It said, life's a journey, enjoy the ride. And I used to love that slogan so much because I, I really do believe that life is a journey, that we're all at various stages of our journey. We might not be at the beginning, but we might not also be at the end, but we use this mark, this mark to be intentional about what God wants us to do this year. So we, we are in this series called Giants Must Fall. And to kick us off, we're going to focus much of our time this morning in the book of Exodus, particularly as the Israelites were transitioning from their Egypt through the desert and to the promised land. Here's some context. So in the book of, of Genesis, it's all happening. Joseph, Joseph was, was sold to his, by his brothers to slavery, and he lands up in Egypt. He interprets some dreams for the king. He becomes the second most powerful person in Egypt. Long after he dies, the, the, the Israelites grow in numbers in Egypt, and the new pharaoh is worried about this. So what does he do? He says, we're going to kill all, we're going we're to enslave all the Israelites, and we're going to kill all their firstborns. One firstborn is saved. His name is Moses. Moses gets raised up in the pharaoh's uh, a house, he kills a, a, an Egyptian, and he gets cast aside. So we're in the context now of Moses in the desert, and, Jesus, and God comes and speaks to Moses. In Exodus 3 verse 7, it says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to the Pharaoh to bring my people my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Here's, here's what's significant here. 
God is concerned about us. God is hearing our cries. There's so much that's packed into this little scripture. Firstly, it is the realization that God is really concerned about our cries. He hears our cries. He hears, our pe- he hears you saying, God, I need your help. If you say, God, I need your help. He's concerned about our suffering. Let me tell you, if you are going through a period of suffering right now, God is concerned about your suffering. He's listening and he's deeply concerned about it. And let me encourage you just for a moment. Maybe, maybe this will be the exercise, just for, for 30 seconds. Take a moment and just, and just ask God in your own space, what would you like to come to an end this year? What would you like to begin? What would you like to accomplish this year? And what are you trusting God for? God God is listening to all of it. What would you like to come to an end? What would you like to begin? What would you like to accomplish and what are you trusting him for? By his very nature, God is listening. In Matthew 5, verse 3, it says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You see, your blessing comes from your need. Your blessing comes from your need and taking it to God. In Luke 5, 32, it says, I've come to call not on those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. See, God is encouraging us as we enter this new year not to be on a high horse, but maybe to submit ourselves. Call in front of him, go in front of him, and just submit ourselves so that he can lift us higher. Draw closer to him. See him as the author and perfecter of our faith. All it takes is for us to say, God, I need you. If we're going to achieve every, anything this year, if we're going to do any kind of accomplishment, if we're going to break through anything, if we're going to kill any kind of giant, it's going to take us saying, God, I need you. I come to you. Do you know what your need is in 2019? Do you know what your Egypt is, if I can call it that? Do you know where your shackles are holding you back? Because your ability to identify that is your ability to take it to God. And if you're able to take it to God, God will do something about it. Do you know how to identify what your Egypt looks like? What is holding you back? What is no longer serving you? What do you believe is a superpower that is so insurmountable that you can't do it, but you know that God can? The challenge for 2019, I believe, for those of us who need to take stuff to God, is to just submit. Give it to Him. Seek Him first through all of it. 
Because I believe that God not only has somewhere he wants to take us, but he wants to bring us into his place. He doesn't, it's not just ending stuff, but it's also putting us in a good space. He wants to set us free. He doesn't want to just go, as, as you can imagine, the Egyptians, they get taken out of, of, of Egypt and they're free, but within that midst, you still have the drunks, the liars, some who still have that victim mentality, some who may have felt even rejected. But I don't think God wants us to just emancipate us from our, from our prison shackles and, and then leave us there. I think God wants us to take us to a land of milk and honey. And your land of milk and honey is very different to what mine looks like. I've just got to be able to take it to God. It's quite interesting. What I, what I realized about the, the, the Israelites when they were taken out of Egypt, a lot of them I won't say they enjoyed Egypt, but a lot of them found comfort in knowing what they knew. Do you get what I'm saying? So, so you might be a prisoner, and you know your circumstance, but you get taken out of that into a space that you don't know, which looks like freedom, but freedom is too uncomfortable, so you'd rather be a prisoner. And that's quite a scary thing, because you're kind of going, I've made peace that I'm going to get lashed a couple of times, I might not eat a couple of times, I might get abused a couple of times, you know, we might go uh, 48 hours just working, but at least I know that, at least, at least I know that. But now, God wants to take you out of that place and go, I'm going to take you to a promised land, and you go, I don't know what that looks like. It looks like freedom, but what does even freedom look like? Some, some statistics show that, especially in the States, where they do a lot of data gathering, that prisoners would rather be in prison because prison is what they know after they spend so much years, uh, so many years in there, and then they get their freedom. They'd rather go, this is too much. This freedom thing is too much. I rather want the rhythm or the, the time checking, knowing that I'm going to be in my cell at X amount of times, and stay there and get my walk around maybe for 30 minutes a day. At least that's what I know. And freedom is, 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 is just too much for me. Freedom is just too much for me. This idea of going into a space. And I think that's what the land between space, I call it, the desert is. It's a place that can be quite scary. It's a place that can be quite daunting. But God uses it as a place of opportunity. I'm going to take you out of that Egypt, but I'm going to mold you in this desert space. Because when you get to the promised land, you'll be ready to receive. So what will you take to, to God this year? Matthew 7, 7, 18 says, Keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Acts 2.39 says, this, is, this promise is to you, to your children, and those far away, all who have been called by the land of our God. Romans 8.28 8, 8, says, 
And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to, the purpose, to his purpose for them. John 10, 10 says, The thief's purpose is to st- steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So for you guys that are sitting there wanting to know what to take to God, take your Egypt to God. Identify what your Egypt is and just submit it to him. His promises that he will deliver you. Then there's some of us who, who, who are sitting there going, I, I, I'm not quite in that space. I'm, I'm not quite in the place where I feel like I, I, I need to, to, to give some stuff or in a, in a tired space. I'm actually in a place where I want to go attack some stuff. I want to go conquer. I want to actually go take some giants down. Well, here's, here's the most beautiful thing. God's got a concern for you, and he's also got a concern for others. It's quite interesting if you look at the text, how how God speaks into purpose. And I think we've done a series on purpose. We did Sunny Borna, if you guys remember. We did Sunny Borna in the Sunny Borna series. We did the whole idea on purpose. In my preach in particular, I looked around names. So in Kosa and, and Zulu names, names have a lot of meaning. So Abonga, which means we are grateful. Temba, which means trust. Apiwe, you know our springbok wing, his name means we have a gift. So, so when people name names, they name it with a purpose that maybe you will live out into that. So I think God, God really believes in that too. God creates us with purpose. I looked, I looked up the, the, the definition of purpose. I'm going to find it because I've lost my, 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 my definitions here. The reason which something is done, created, or exists. The definition of purpose is the reason which something is done, created, or exists. So I believe that by the very nature of your creation, you have purpose. But I think God takes it to the next level, and he creates us and gives us an assignment. Now, the definition of an assignment is a piece of work allocated to someone as part of a job. A piece of work allocated to someone as a job. So, in other words, purpose is something that we have, but assignment is something that we do. And throughout Scripture, in all the the passages, we see that God speaks of purpose, but he gives out assignments. He goes to Noah in Genesis 6, 13, 17, and says, I, God, am going to end all the people, I'm going to end to all the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy them with the earth. And then he says, So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it uh, and coat it with pitch inside and out. So God says, I want to do something, but you must do the assignment. He does the same thing to Abraham. He goes to Abraham and says, the Lord God said to Abraham, go from your country and with your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. And then he says, 
I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. So God gives assignments through and through, throughout the history of the Bible. So if God is a God of assignment, what assignment has he given you? Do you know what assignment he has given you? I think this year, for the guys that are sitting in the position of power, which is, in, is incredible, this year, the challenge for us is to stop being generic Christians. And I say this not out of spite or not out of hatred, but I think there's, there's times when we get into the repetitiveness and the monotony of being a Christian. We go to church every Sunday. We read our Bible once a week. We might be, maybe we have a, a, a small group uh, uh, once, in a, once a week. But I, I feel like the challenge for the years we step into 2019 in all our spaces is to reach out and ask God, what assignment has he given us today? Do you know what that is? Do you know what you have to do? I was, I was incredibly touched last year. I went through a very bad season in our business around June, July, August, where we, we picked up no projects. And towards the end of August, we, as myself and my business partners, it looked like we were going to have to take salary cuts in order to pay bills. And that's a very scary place. And if it happened two times over, we were going to have to close our doors. So I was, I was in such a bad place, and I leaned into God. I was like, God, you need to show me something here. You need to show me what you want me to do. And this whole idea of assignment came in. He started breathing into my life, this idea of assignment. And in, the, in, in Matthew 25, 31 to 42, it explains it quite clearly. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, there he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all nations, including us, <laughs> and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. The king will, pay, will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed my, to my, by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we do all this? And the king will say, truly I say to you, as you did to one of at least of these, my brothers, you did it for me. And then he turns to the goats and he says exactly the same thing in the negative. He says, you didn't do this. You didn't feed the hungry. You didn't give water to the thirsty. You didn't give clothes to the, to the poor. And he says, you will spend your life in eternal fire. What is Jesus talking about here? Well, Jesus is talking about eradicating a couple of things here. His big assignment is eradicating poverty, homelessness, prostitution, debt, domestic violence, depression, racism, corruption. 
I was so intrigued when I, when I realized this because in, in our industry, in the energy game, what tends to happen is that you're able to nook and crook some numbers to show people big promises about their return on investments and then put a, hypothetically, a solar system on their roof and tell them that it's going to pay itself off in X amount of years and your numbers are telling them otherwise and you're able to get away with that. When I realized this, I had to, to sit down uh, we, didn't trade, we didn't ever trade like this, but I just believe that the ethical way of doing business was not enough. I really needed to realign our business to what God wanted us to do. So I said, well, God, what do you want this business to do? What is it in line with in your assignment? And I saw God saying, businesses are closing down by the numbers. And people don't know how much money is in their businesses through the energy that they're wasting. And I want you guys to show them that. So what we would do is we'd go, right, Let's reveal the energy wastage into people's businesses and show them the monetary value that exists in there. So we would come up with incredible figures like, hey, if you turn off those lights and you switch off that pump overnight, you save three million rand. What happened consequently is the business owner would say, do you know that if we didn't save that money consequently over the last six months, we would have to fire 10,000 people? Suddenly, it, it occurred to me that our business is not, we're not in the business for the, ourselves, for the profitability of ourselves. There's a great concern that if 10,000 people lose their jobs, 10,000 people aren't able to pay their bonds, 10,000 people aren't able to send their kids to school, 10,000 people may start gambling, 10,000 people may start experiencing stuff that God doesn't want them to experience, like domestic violence, like child abuse. But we align ourselves to God's mission of eradicating this stuff. And our business, like I said, is sitting in a position of power that we have to intentionally choose to continue to do God's assignment, not over ourselves. The consequence of that, or the, rather the, the result of that, is that we will become sustainable. We'll have a, a certain degree of longevity because we're not aligned to what our interests are. We believe that we're aligned to what God wants us to do. What assignment has God put in your heart this year? Are you aligned to his great mission? Sheep nations, feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty, put clothes to the poor, or goat nations, keep it for yourself. Keep it for yourself. You have to ask God, what does he want you to do? This year. How are we doing for time? Five more minutes. Great. <laughs> if you look at that scripture back at Moses, Moses was in a desert. And then God came to him with a mission, with a mandate with an assignment. And he just didn't leave him there. He gave him the power and the authority to back it up. Go and I will be with you. It's an amazing thing that God says, I want to free my people, but I'm sending you to go and do it. I want to free my people, but I want you to go do it. God's mission is embedded in our hearts. What assignment has he given you? Jesus 
had an assignment. He came with a mission to set us free, with a mandate to destroy the works of the enemy, and with an assignment to bring you into the promised land. And the authority on heaven and on earth is his. He destroyed death. He conquered sin. He nullified shame. He broke addiction. He healed self-esteem. He loved the unloved. He smiled over your life. He gave clothes to you. He had so much in store for you. So as you tackle 2019, not out of a spirit of old, new. Maybe the stuff that, that wasn't in 2018 that's sitting here that needs you who are sitting there going, I've got the capacity, I've got the energy, I'm a warrior of God, show me the way. I want to do my assignment. And our assignments are very different. My wife is a chiropractor. My wife is not in energy, so she's not going to do my assignment for me. Nats is in ministry. She's not going to do my assignment for me. And your assignment is very different. could be a season for kids. Your assignment could be something so unique. But you will see God do miraculous things if we just submit to him. Please stand. Heavenly Father, we, we are all in different spaces. We're all in different times of our lives. Some of us are on bended knees just needing you, calling out for you, asking for your help. And Father, you hear our prayers. You hear our suffering. And you listen to our needs, Lord God. We want to continue to shout our praises, Lord God. And we want to continue to be drawn nearer to you. And some of us are sitting in a place of power, ready, willing, and able to do our assignment this year. We want to feed the hungry. We want to give water to the thirsty. We want to clothe the poor. In all the ways that you have shown us, in the uniqueness of our lives, we know that if we can impact people that doesn't get them, send them down the way of debt and poverty and alcoholism and drugs, then we are aligned to your great mission. So speak to us in our hearts, Father, we pray this morning. Send us into 2019 renewed and revigorated to do what you've placed in our hearts for the glory of your name. Amen. Thanks so much. Won't you please give Bones a big hand? That was awesome. Thank you, Bones. Thank you. Um, I think that, you know, today's just, it's the beginning of a series where we really get to look at so many of, of the questions and answers about life. And, um, and I'd love it if you just spent the next week just really, just more than anything, receiving God's love and then asking Him how it is that you can extend that love out, because that really is our assignment. It's how do we show our love, our love for others in the unique skills and gifts that he's given us. How is Bones, is, with his company, is showing love to many that he will never even meet um, through creating opportunity. And, um, you know, we put this great big heart here, because I just had such a strong sense of this year, 
God just wants to talk to us about loving large. He wants to talk about how large and huge he loves us and how much he wants us to learn how to love others. And that is so much of what our assignment is about. So won't you spend this week just thinking about the thing that it is that either makes it difficult for you to love people or um, that makes you just cry because you feel like your heart's exploding in your chest. But what is that thing that really activates you in the area of love? And um, I promise that this series is going to help you to work out, A, just how completely and utterly loved you are by God, that he wants to set you free and take you out of your Egypt, and B, how that will extend in your ability to love others and to show his love into the world. So um, won't you all have a wonderful week? Give that some thoughts, some prayer. If anybody would like some prayer and process some stuff now, please come here to the side. And the rest of you go and love a bacon roll and some coffee. It's been great to be with you. Thanks, Bones. Thank you, everyone.